Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it may be when you have come upon this uh, Bible teaching that we're going to do today. My name is Dave Nelson. You, we are with the Ministry of a Love Outreach. Uh, this is our first Bible teaching of the year for 2022. Um, those of you watching on YouTube or maybe listening on one of the many podcast platforms, thank you for joining us. Uh, we ask that you would help us to get the word out, the, excuse me, the gospel of the kingdom by subscribing to or following or liking our channels and uh, sharing it with others that you know as well, if you feel so inclined. And if you do not feel so inclined, well, we're going to continue to teach the Word of God. We're going to continue to spread the gospel message. And today, we're going to continue on in our study through the book of Acts. So go ahead and open up your Bibles uh, to Acts chapter 10. The last time that we gathered around the book of Acts, we finished up chapter 9. And uh, so today we're going to go ahead and discuss chapter 10 of the book of Acts. So I'm going to go ahead and go through just about every verse here, uh, all the way through all the verses of this particular chapter. So if you can follow along with us, that's always a good idea. So starting in verse 1, Acts chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So there is so much to learn or to think on, or to meditate upon, when it comes to this man Cornelius that we're going to talk quite a bit about here today. So much for us to be exhorted by as it pertains to the way that we live our lives. And I hope that you always keep that in mind when you study the Word of God. It's personal. You need to make it personal. You need to make it something that it's not just something you accomplish, you check the box, oh, I read a book in the Bible today. Oh, I've completed the whole Bible in a year. Uh, it really doesn't matter if you complete the whole Bible in a year and it never had a, an effect on the way that you live, never had an effect on who you are internally as a soul. So as we talk about Cornelius, we're going to look at that aspect of how it, how it should impact us as well. And we're also going to talk about Peter today. But Cornelius, though, this man lived at a time when the gospel was kind of in its infancy in beginning to spread all throughout the, the then known world. He was not a Jew, but rather was a Gentile. And up until this time in recorded history in the book of Acts here, the gospel was only going out to those that were Jewish. The disciples of Jesus knew no better at this point in time. That is what the Lord instructed them to do, so they did it. But they didn't know the Lord's complete plan as it pertained to spreading the gospel message throughout all the world. They were not yet privy to that information. But they will soon find out that this message of salvation was not just for the Jews. It was for all the world. 
all the people of the world, every people group, every tribe, every tongue, right? They thought that he was their savior only, though, at this point in time. Right? Just, just the king of the Jews, which indeed he was. But again, all of that was about to change. They were about to learn something new. And as we begin a, a new year here, January of 2022, I would encourage you to get a desire within your heart to learn something new, specifically as it pertains to what God wants to do within you, to the work that the Lord wants to do within your heart, with, with who you are as a living soul. So here is this man, Cornelius, and notice that he was a devout man, we're told, a reverent man, a praying man, a man with a kind heart, and a giving man. So he wasn't just reverent and didn't do anything about it. He was reverent and did good works. I also noticed that he was a man of prayer and that God heard his prayers, right? But we will learn that even though Cornelius was all of this, and this is important that we, that we understand this as well, even though he was all of that, right? He had all of these great characteristics about him, but there was a very key ingredient missing from his life. There was still something extremely important that he was missing. Let's read on. The third verse says, About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Now, how do you like that? Right? An angel of the Lord knew his name. But this is a good time right here to ask ourselves, do we have these qualities that Cornelius shows in his life? Are they active in our lives as well? Are we known for being reverent, prayerful, giving? Is that what we're known for? Do we have these type of works in our lives? And have we passed that kind of thing on throughout our whole household? to our children and such, as we, we will see was the case with Cornelius here and to his friends and his neighbors. He was well-respected by others around him for the way that he lived his life. But this angel of the Lord that knows his name appears here to, to Cornelius. And verse 4 says, And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Now, if you remember in our last study of Acts chapter 9, Peter was in Joppa right, as well at that time when we finished up chapter 9. He's still there, right? He had just finished raising a female disciple of the Lord from the dead, a woman named Dorcas, right? She, too, like Cornelius, 
was well-known and well-respected in her community for her service of the Lord in the kingdom of God. But prior to Peter hearing about Dorcas, the disciples that lived in Joppa knew that there was nothing that they could do about the death of Dorcas, but they knew that Peter, an apostle of the Lord, was nearby, and that that was the kind of work that the apostles were doing in those days. They were doing that work under the power of the Lord. But I think it's important to keep that in mind. Because oftentimes today, we wonder why something doesn't happen in our lives, something miraculous, something that we truly desire to happen. Maybe a loved one is sick, and maybe they're dying, and we don't want them to die, and we want a miracle. Well, we have to give our lives to the will of the Lord. We have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. We just simply need to acknowledge Him in all of our ways, and He will direct our paths. His plan is perfect. And yes, back in this day, you know, and I'm pointing out the fact that in chapter 9, they had to go and find Peter. These were people there. There there was no one there that could raise Dorcas from the dead. But they had to go and find Peter to do this, right? Right? And here, too, in chapter 10, with the life of this man, Cornelius, we see the same thing. I'm sure that the angel of the Lord here could have just simply gone ahead and accomplished in the life of Cornelius that which was to be accomplished. But this was specifically a duty of the apostles of the Lord. So why didn't the angel of the Lord, when he's there in this vision with Cornelius, just tell Cornelius what he needed to know? Because that wasn't the work of the angel at the time, that wasn't the way the Lord wanted it to be. There was, there was a greater plan. We will find that, that there's something that Peter needs to learn here as well. And as we go through life, and as we go through difficulties in this life, there's a grander plan. There's something that God wants to do within us. There's something that He wants us to learn. And we must simply trust in Him and continue to walk by faith and not by sight. But the apostles in this day were responsible for the spreading of the message of the gospel. And this was going to be the first non-Jew, Cornelius here, that would hear the gospel. So this was a very important moment indeed. And verse 7 says, And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Okay, so we've seen in the unfolding of this story here thus far how it started with Cornelius. Now we're on the other side of the story, and we're looking at what's happening with Peter, Simon Peter. Peter also was a man of prayer, and he's now on a roof praying. Then verse 10 says, Then he became very hungry, 
and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and letting down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so. Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. So in repeating this whole event three times, the Lord was making it clear to Peter that this was something very important. There's something Peter needed to learn here as well. Just like Cornelius was lacking, Peter's lacking something here. God was making a point of emphasis in Peter's life. Peter was hungry. The Lord used food in a vision to point something out to Peter. However, Peter, though very clearly a man of God, simply by the fact that he was a chosen apostle of the Lord's, he had a lot to learn, just like all of us do. So much to learn. For one, he had to get out of this habit of telling the Lord, no. Peter responds to the Lord there in verse 14 with those words, not so. Right? And on the other hand, we have Cornelius eager to listen and do exactly what the angel of the Lord had told him to do. And we will find out that Cornelius does not yet have the Spirit of the Lord come, ha, had come upon him yet. Okay, But yet he was eager to be obedient because of the way he lived his life as a reverent man. Now, let me just emphasize this point about Peter to you here real quick. Mark this page and turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, and let's look down and we're going to start reading down in verse 21. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. So there we see Peter telling the Lord what is and what is not going to happen. Do you ever find yourself in that position? As if you dictate the way of the Lord? As if you can direct the Lord? Now go ahead and turn uh, to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. You're in Matthew, then there's Mark, Luke, and then John. John, chapter 13. And let's look down and start reading in verse 5. It says, After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. 
Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. A very key important thing that we can apply into our lives right now. When we go through things, we often do not understand. But again, like I quoted earlier, we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, and we lean not on our own understanding. But instead, what do we do? We acknowledge Him in all of our ways. Even the disciples who were right there walking with Jesus while Jesus was walking on the earth during that time. There was so much they didn't understand. So much they had to learn. So much about them that had to change. And again, I'll bring this up since we're starting a new year. But is it time for change in your life as it pertains to who you are as a living soul? Peter said to him in verse 8, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So do you see how Peter, though, had this habit of this kind of thing? This was the kind, this was the kind of guy that Peter was. And the Lord had a lot to teach him. And the Lord was patient with him and continued to work on him. And that, if we think about it, it's the case with all of us, isn't it? We, we need to change. We need to grow every day in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Beware when you think you stand. In other words, beware when you think you've arrived. Beware when you think you know everything about the Word of God. Beware when you think you stand, lest you fall. How many times do we hear of people who are ministers of some sort and they fall because they thought they stood? They thought they had to put, put on a front in front of everybody else and be something that they were not. So we, we can learn here from the life of Peter that the Lord wants to do a work that we may not quite understand yet. And we have a lot of growing to do. The question is not, do we, do we have anything to learn, right? Because the obvious answer to that question is we most certainly do. But the real question is, are we ready and are we willing to learn? And when we learn, are we willing to change? And we, more like Cornelius, right? We need to be more like Cornelius and simply say, what is it, Lord? What is it that you want me to do? In other words, Lord, what will you have me to do? Or again, we could be the other way, right? Where we're more like Peter, where we tell the Lord what we want. And we direct him on the way that things should be or shouldn't be in our lives. And you know, I'm just going to quickly touch on this, but there's a lot of false doctrine amongst so-called Christianity today where people think they can, by the words they speak, they can direct what the Lord does. That they're more powerful than the Lord in the way that they control their lives. But, but the Lord will do things in our lives that will break us sometimes and will humble us and will get us back to the place to where we know 
We need to be reverent. We need to be holy. We need to be bowing down in worship of the Lord. He is Lord of all. But it's something to ponder, right? It's something to meditate upon as we think about all of these things, right? Because there's always something for us to learn. So as we turn back to the book of Acts now, Acts chapter 10, we have two people that we're primarily talking about here, two different men, okay? One, Cornelius, who has not yet truly come to know all that the Lord had for him, but nonetheless, a very good man. And another man in Peter, who was being used mightily by the Spirit of the Lord, but still had things to learn. And a key thing for us to grasp as we study these two men today is that we need to strive to be obedient to the Lord. But also, as we're striving to be obedient to the Lord, as we're making that a focus of ours, to be obedient to Him, we also must be humble enough to change when He makes it obvious that we need to change. Humble enough to repent. But again, back to the story here. Peter is hungry. He's on the rooftop praying while food is being prepared. He probably smells the food, right? The Lord is using his hunger to allow him to go into a trance and see all kinds of food on a sheet. You could say it was a tablecloth with a, a feast laid out on it, right? But Peter, with his religious ways or his religious that, that that religion that was ingrained in him that he grew up in and he thought that it was right and nothing was ever going to change about it right he's far too good to eat that kind of food he's far too good to eat something common or what he thought was unclean things in this vision that he sees and he refuses the lord in his offer for Peter to rise and eat. But in all of this, we know that the Lord was teaching Peter a lesson and preparing him for the life that was ahead of him, the work that he had to do in the kingdom of God. And that's important for us to understand today as well. The Lord God is working in us, the scripture tells us, to will and to do of His good pleasure, not your good pleasure, not my good pleasure, His good pleasure. And in so doing, there will be things that we learn. There will be struggles that we'll go through. There will be difficulties and hardships in this life. But He is preparing us for something because He has a plan. And He has good works for us to walk in as well. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are His workmanship. So He's the one working on us. We are His working workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Peter was about to do a great work, but he first had to learn something. You see, the Jews thought that the Gentiles, like Cornelius, were unclean. Though the Jews around Cornelius highly respected him for the man that he was, but in a general, a Gentile way, just, or I should say, in general, the Gentiles is what I'm trying to say, 
were just unclean to the Jews. Have you ever had those friends that are part of a certain religion and they think that you're not quite right because of the fact that you don't dress a certain way or you're not part of their religion, you don't go to their church, which is the true church they might call it, so you're not quite right. There's something unclean about you. And there are many people that are like that, that have a lot to learn, and we all do. And again, we just need to humble ourselves enough to realize that, that we're a part of that crowd, right? When, when, we're, when we've got a beam in our own eye and we're seeing the speck in someone else, someone else's eye, Jesus says, focus on the beam in your own eye, remove that, and then after you get that removed, you'll be able to help others to get the speck out of their eye. And the Lord has a lot to teach us if we are willing to learn and be obedient to change when he directs us. It's not always easy. It's, I mean, I must say it's never easy. <laughs> and after this vision, Peter had some thinking to do, right? What is the meaning of all of this? Well, he's going to learn pretty quickly. Well, pretty quickly from the standpoint as we'll read this story. We'll learn by the end of this chapter what Peter learned. Verse 17 says, Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made an inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. Now, I just find it amazing in this story here how the Lord was doing this work. I mean, he's the one working in Cornelius. He's the one working in Peter. And he's got every detail covered. He's got every detail covered, right? There's an old saying that the devil is in the details. But when we can consider the story, we see that the Lord is in this story that we're looking at here, that is, right? The Lord is definitely in the details. He's being very specific here in regards to the directions that he was given to both Cornelius and to Peter. Because Peter, uh, who, of course, we've been told that he too went by the name of Simon, he's staying at a man's house whose name is Simon. So the Lord didn't want to have the messengers from Cornelius be confused on which Simon they were looking for since there were two of them in the house. So the Lord, the angel of the Lord, right, pointed out to Cornelius that his surname was Peter. So the Lord is in the details of your life. As it pertains to what he's doing in you, as it pertains to the work that he's doing in your life, he's in the details. And oftentimes we, oftentimes we don't like the details. And I speak from experience. We don't like the details. We don't like what's going on in our lives. We don't like the way things come about. But the Lord wants us to trust Him. But I just find it interesting here how the Lord is working all this out. And you know, these, these two towns of Caesarea... And Joppa, you know, the distance between um, Cornelius and Peter, was a, they were about 30 miles apart, okay? 
And there were no other forms of communication in that day, except for word of mouth or writing something down, sending a messenger, right? Which, of course, a person would need to transport that message that 30 miles. But without no forms of social media, the Lord was working something out unbeknownst to the two parties involved. The Lord wanted to bring two men together for a very specific, very monumental purpose, and He was working out all of the details behind the scenes. He was in control of it all. You see, again, the gospel was going to go out to all the world, to all ethnicities, to all people, right? All people groups. Peter and Cornelius were the two instruments that the Lord used to bring that situation about. There is nothing more important than the spreading of the gospel. People can gain the whole world, but if they don't come to Christ, nothing else matters at the end of their lives. Nothing else matters. Oftentimes, when people are sick, we think, this is the greatest thing. Lord, you need to heal them. And yeah, we would love that. And yes, we do desire that. But the Lord is working within people. And that's what he cares about. Jesus came to seek and to save lost souls. And that often gets forgotten in the gospel message today. Oftentimes, the message, the doctrines of today are all about how you can be healthy, how you can be wealthy, how you can be on top. When, if you just sit down and read the Bible, you find that that's not the message. The message is the saving of souls. And as we read the book of Acts, we see the great lengths that the Lord went to to get the momentum going for the spreading of the gospel. And the gospel still continues today to be spread. Have you ever considered how you may be able to be an instrument of the Lord? used by him to bring someone else to salvation? Maybe like Cornelius, having an influence on your neighbors and the people of your community, so much so that they respect you so, so highly that when you say, come to my house for a Bible study, come and hear about the Lord, that because of their respect for you, because of the way you live, they come. Right? Like Peter, you don't have to be perfect to be used by the Lord. You just have to be pliable, willing to change, willing to grow. Verse 19, while Peter thought about the, the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, Doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Now, 
That's a great group of messengers right there. They just got straight to the point in a very succinct manner. Again, this was, an, this was all orchestrated by the Lord himself. We cannot forget that. Every minute detail was orchestrated by the Lord. One time the Lord asked his 12 disciples a point-blank question. It came at a time when many people decided they were no longer going to follow Jesus. Jesus then said to his 12, he said, do you also want to go away? And the scripture tells us, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter knew that Jesus alone is the source of the words of eternal life. And here we soon will see in this chapter that the Spirit of the Lord was going to use Peter to speak the words of eternal life to others. And the gospel was going to begin to be spread throughout the whole world. Every group of people were going to hear the gospel. Then he invited them, verse 23, he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together his relatives and close friends. So here we see, Again, yet another very positive aspect that we can learn from the life of Cornelius. He cared deeply about his family and his friends. And he knew that there was something that God wanted them to hear. It's sad, but it's very easy to go through the busyness of every day and really pay no attention to the fact that there are people all around us that are lost. Their souls are lost because Jesus is the only way. And they don't know about Jesus. And they're going to perish. They have not come to know the Lord and therefore they will not be saved at the end of their lives. It's a difficult thing to do when it comes to family, especially because in many cases, you are not someone that they want to hear from. They don't want to hear from you. Your family doesn't. Maybe they knew you before you knew Christ, and they don't really know who you are now in Christ. Right? And of course, there's a reason they don't want to hear from you. The true reason is it's pride. Right? And we all sin, right? We all fall short. It's, we struggle with things in this life. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Who are you to tell me something? I don't want to hear from you. But thankfully with this man, Cornelius, that wasn't the case. He was well respected because of how he lived, right? You know, and I say it's due to pride. It's not always due to pride. Sometimes it's the way that you present the Lord to your family or to your friends. And it comes across in an unappealing way, right? And we can all be guilty of that as well. Remember with Cornelius, again, he was this highly respected man. He was a devout man, a reverent man, a praying man, a giving man, a kind man, a generous man, right? A generous heart. 
So when he sent the word out that there was something that God had for him and his family and friends, the people had no problems coming out, again, because of the way that he lived. And Peter, verse 25 says, As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. Now, that was an extremely important couple verses right there that I just read to you. Peter was not a man to be worshipped. He was not a man to be prayed to. He was nothing more than a man. Yes, the Lord used him in a very specific and mighty way during his life here on this earth, but he was just a man. And Peter was humble enough to know who he was. The Spirit of the Lord worked through him as a chosen vessel of the Lord. But the Lord will use us as well if we will just yield our, yield our lives to him, be willing to change, willing to learn, be willing to be directed by the Lord, willing to repent. And as Peter, right, or excuse me, yeah, verse 27 says, as, and as he, Peter that is, talked with him, he went in and found many uh, who had come together. So he gets in the house. There's a lot of people there, right? And he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation? But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So the law that Peter grew up under, this his religious law, right, did not allow for Peter to be where he was right now as we're reading this story in, this, in the house of this man, Cornelius. But the Lord God had taught Peter something new. You know, many people grow up today under many different forms of religion. And in those religions, there are certain traditions that make their religion unique or different from somebody else. In many ways, they intersect. There's, there's many religions that have the same traditions and such. But God is bigger than your religion. God is bigger than your plan. God's plan is grander than your plan. Peter had to learn that. And in so many ways, you and I still have so much to learn. But we must be willing to grow. Like I said earlier, you don't have to be perfect to be used by the Lord, just pliable, willing to change, willing to grow, willing to leave your traditions behind and to be obedient to the call of the Lord as clearly displayed for everyone to see in the pages of the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. His plan for you is right there. This is why I teach the Bible the way I do to take you through it like this and to explain it to you as best as I can, not that I know it all, but to try and make it relatable to you. And the reason I do it, and, and I sit here and I write notes. I'm a guy that's got to follow my notes. I'm not talented enough just to, to speak. But as I write my notes, as I study, as I prepare these teachings, I'm learning. I look at it like it's 100% for me. It's not something like, oh, I'm Moses and I'm going to go and take a message to the people. 
No, I'm somebody that needs to learn about the ways of the Lord. I have so far to grow, so far to grow, so much changing to do. Trust me, I do. I really do. But Peter obeyed the Lord, what the Lord had showed him. He did yield to it. He didn't refuse to go with these men back to Caesarea. But he says, therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now, remember, we remember in the vision, right? He's like, not so, Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to eat that. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's saying, hey, once I knew that this is what the Lord wanted me to do, I did it. And are you seeking the kingdom of God in your life and his will for your life and what he wants you to do? And when he shows you, be willing to do it. And I tell you what, even just in hearing this teaching, because look, I, I've got a little time. I'm going to go through all the verses. We're only at verse 29 right here. I'm going to keep going. And I have no idea whether 10 people will watch this video or in my lifetime, 100 people will watch this video or hear this audio you know, that goes out through the podcast platforms. But I'm telling you, if you've stuck with it this far, <laughs> then the Lord is speaking to you. Then the Lord is, is trying to teach you something. Because as I, like I said, as I wrote my notes for this, I realized this is what he's teaching me. And, and, and every time I teach, I realize that, right? But he says, I came without objection as soon as I was uh, sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? <laughs> so isn't that interesting? Peter gets a vision from the Lord, but he doesn't know everything. He only knows in part. He only knows a little bit. He don't know why they want him there. He just knew that he had to show up. He didn't know the reason that he had to show up, but just that he had to show up. Because after all, he was just a man. Just a man that relied upon the Spirit of the Lord to, lose, to, to use him and to lead him through this life. So verse 30 goes on, So Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Those good works that he did, God sees those good works. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So Cornelius is explaining everything to Simon Peter here. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. So this was a, an aha moment for Peter. <laughs> he was amazed here. He is amazed at how the Lord orchestrated all of this. He is amazed at what the Lord was doing. And when you're faithful and when you're obedient to the will of the Lord, you will stand in awe of the Lord for what He has done. Peter's realizing it doesn't matter to God what ethnicity a person is, what religion someone is, what nationality. There's no partiality with him. It doesn't matter. 
This religion, that religion, none of it matters. What matters is being in Christ. Being in Christ. Galatians 3.28 emphatically tells us that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's what matters. And Peter has learned this fact now. The body of Christ today needs to learn this as well. Because we would have a different focus if we did. We wouldn't be about financial seminars in churches. We wouldn't be about movie nights in churches. We wouldn't be about gatherings of this sort and that sort. We would be about spreading the gospel if we realize that the number one most important thing, the duty of the body of Christ, is to bring people to Christ so that they can be in Christ. And old things pass away and all things become new. But it requires repentance. It requires a willingness to change as we see with Peter, and as we'll see happens in the life of Cornelius as well. But in every nation, Peter goes on, but in every nation, in verse 35, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. See the two things there? You reverence God, you fear God, but you also work righteousness. You do works of righteousness. Cornelius is a Good example for us of what type of man he was. So, and this theme of working righteousness is repeated throughout the New Testament. The works you do, that is your manner of life, the way you live, the things you do matters to, matters to God, right? I encourage you to study that topic deeper on your own. Because there is a lot, again, there's just a lot of false teaching out there that speaks to the contrary. And I've discussed that topic on other teachings of mine, so I won't go into it today. Verse 36 continues, The Lord, or excuse me, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Peter says, He is Lord of all. In other words, Peter's heart is open and, and, and realizing here, oh, he's not just Lord of the Jews. He is Lord of all. Peter now sees that. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Peter says, That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Now, in other words, God showed him, here he is, raised from the dead. But Peter says in verse 41, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us, the, the apostles, right, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach 
to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to, to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. This is the gospel, folks. I just read it to you. You've now heard it. If somehow you come upon this Bible study, this teaching, you have no excuse. You just heard the gospel. Right? And it doesn't get any plainer than that. Jesus Christ is Lord of all, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, crucified, dead, and buried, and on the third day rose again. He was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. Someday you will face him. Someday every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Even if you listen to this or watch this right now and you do not confess that now, you will someday. The apostle said, that the gospel, the Apostle Paul, that is, said that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's why the gospel's preached, so that you will come to Jesus and believe on him and have your sins forgiven because your sin separates you from God. People must hear the gospel. And this is why it's so important for this good man, Cornelius, to invite all of these people around him to his house. And verse 44 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed, in other words, these Jews who were already believers in Jesus, they were astonished. As many as came with Peter... Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. What a wonderful and powerful chapter of Scripture this is. Salvation orchestrated by the Lord God Himself. A devoutly religious man that did a lot of good. Cornelius, right? But he was still missing out on the most important part. In 2 Kings, ah, I believe it's around chapter 33 or... Let's say 1733 or 3317. I don't know. You can look it up. But it talks about this people who it says that they, they feared God. They feared God. They reverenced the Lord, that is, right? But they didn't serve him. They served other gods. And there are many religious people today that do good works. They do good things. And they think that their good works is what will save them in the end. Maybe Cornelius was like that. The Bible doesn't tell us. He was a devout man. He did good for sure. And maybe he thought that was his ticket to heaven. But you got to come to Jesus. You've got to repent of sin. You must be born again of the Spirit, as Jesus said. And when it comes to religion, would you be willing to drop your religion if you came to know that there was more that the Lord had for you? That there's something very important you're missing? And as you listen to this study, does it strike you that maybe he does? 
Maybe the Lord has a grander plan for your life. Don't ignore that call today. Call out to the Lord today. Get deeply into His Word and seek His will for your life. And maybe you're someone that decided to just stop by, like, you know, to this Bible study here, and you found yourself listening all the way to the end. Maybe just like these people who came over to Cornelius' house, and, and you're just hearing it for the first time. Or maybe this is the hundredth time that you've heard the gospel message. But just don't ignore it. It's, is it time to change, right? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to repent and come to believe on the name of Jesus. For he is Lord of all. And there is no other. There is no other name given under heaven whereby you can be saved. It's just Jesus. Right? Maybe you've been stuck in an old way of thinking that you grew up with. But you're finding out that it doesn't line up with the will of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Be willing today to leave it all behind. Because the gift of the Lord is far better than the traditions of men. He wants to fill you with his spirit today. And to cause you to be born again. To come to a newness of life that is only found in him. So much to learn from the scriptures, isn't there? So much to grow in. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you ever lived to make intercession for us. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Almighty God, the everlasting God. And we know that someday you are coming again. In the meantime, here we are walking through this life and we all have trials. We all have tribulation. We all have hardships as we go through this temporary life. But we can be of good cheer because you have overcome. And the day will come when all of this will be behind us and we will eternally be with you. I pray, Lord, for the people that will hear this teaching today, Lord, that they will contemplate within their own hearts, Lord, where they are as it pertains to you, where they are as a soul, Lord, because as you said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Nothing more important than the work you want to do in the souls of human beings, Lord. I pray that you'll have your way and your will to be done. And we thank you and we praise you again for this time together as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, whatever the case may be. As always, as I always say, if you need prayer, if you need uh, any guidance as it pertains to the scripture, go ahead and reach out to us. You can go onto our website, aloveoutreach.com. Fill out the contact form. I will get that email and reply to you. But Happy New Year to you all. God bless. I pray that this year will be a year that we will all grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. We will see you next time.